Jam in the AM on a Monday morning broadcast in mid-July, Israel's Minister of Religious Affairs proposed a bill that would introduce a reform to the country's kashrus industry. Why was this necessary? With us live via telephone is the chairman of Tsohar, chief rabbi of the city of Shoham, and to somebody who with Tsohar has emerged as one of the most dominant social forces paving the way for a more ethical, inclusive, and inspiring approach to Zionist Jewish life in Israel. I refer, of course, to Harav David Stav. Harav Stav, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning to you and to all the audience that are listening to us. I guess the the, the two first questions for us all the way on the other side of the world is, is the only way to make a change in the kashrus industry through some type of government bill, that's number one, and why is this change necessary? Well, first of all, we have to understand that uh, there is a huge difference between uh, kashrut in Israel and kashrut, for instance, in the United States of America. In Israel, since we want, and most of the people are buying kosher products, there is a huge interest that uh, everybody that wants to eat kosher will get uh, the quality of kashrut that he wants to and that he needs to get. Because of that, the government and the Knesset are involved in that, and they established a bill years ago saying that the only one that could use the word kosher is only the supervisors on behalf of the chief rabbinate. Nobody else is allowed is allowed to use the word kosher. All the badatim that uh, I guess all of your listeners know when they come and they want badat this and badat that, all these are only in addition to the chief rabbinate's kashrut supervision, and they could not stand by itself, at least officially by law. Now, this situation is not normal because uh, every... Jewish family that uh, wants to eat kosher knows that the word kosher doesn't belong to the government and could not belong only to somebody that uh, works on behalf of the government. The word kashrut belongs to every Jewish family that wants to eat kosher. And therefore, um, this situation, A, is not normal. But B, the fact that the law gave the rabbinate the monopoly of providing kashrut caused a lot of problems, and I want to go into all the problems, but as a matter of fact, the Supreme Court has found in many places, in many places, actually in 95% of the places in Israel, that the supervisors were getting paid by the um, employees, which Moshe Feinstein and others believe that it's not proper hierarchically. Yeah, the employers. It's not proper the, legal. Right, the employers of the proprietorship would pay them, right? Those who right. owned it, the owners would pay them, right? The owners, the businessmen, right. the, the owners of the restaurants, right. instead of belonging to, that's A, the state controller found in his, in his report, and every year it deals with this, that many of the supervisors didn't show up to work. Many of them reported of many hours that do not exist in, uh, in a daytime working, 27 hours a day, etc., etc. Something was very wrong in the system. Right. And we kept on saying that it requires a, a competition, B, disengaging 
anything that smells politics, because most of the supervisors today work on behalf of the politicians that nominated them to be the supervisors, because who gives the kashrut? The head of the religious councils. The heads of the religious councils are no, political nominations. Now, they appoint to be mashgichim, the supervisors. They appoint their relatives, their party members, etc., etc., and that's not a professional way of running kashrut. So that's why the reform is necessary, because the current situation could not continue. A, it's not legal, but the kashrut wasn't kashrut in many of the places. Right. As a matter of fact, I think 95% of the Haredi people in Israel didn't bring to their homes food that has only kosher uh, certificate uh, with the rabbinate. If you open a bottle of wine, and I guess many of you buy... Uh, wines of Carmel Mizrahi and other companies from Israel that are brought to America, you will see that every bottle has at least two, three, four, five stamps. Now, all this costs money, and if somebody wants to take two stamps because he has different crowds of customers, that's fine. But why do you force him to take the stamp of the chief rabbinate that and nobody needs it? Because they they have better kashrut uh, supervision on behalf of Badat or other other rabbis that give the kashrut. So what we what we offered, and for years already we were struggling for that, uh, with no connection to any uh, any political situation or circumstances, we are claiming for that for more than five years, that the kashrut should be privatized under the supervision of the chief rabbinate. The rabbinate should supervise that the different corporations that provide kashrut are sticking to the law, are sticking to the halachic laws, to only all kashrut issues that are required to be supervised. But the rabbinate will not be the employee of these people because these people that were employed by them uh, many times did not fit to the right. job. Okay, Rav David Stav is with us. We're talking about the kashrut reform in Israel. I, I think the, it's still confusing, though, why the model that you just that you just uh, asked for that you're hoping for is not the Badat's model, and I'm just using Badat's as an example. It's a, and I'm not endorsing anybody here, but in other words, if if the if today the Rabbanut and the Badat's have that type of relationship where they are sort of under the Rabbanut but but also doing their own thing, a, a, another Kashrus agency would not be able to do the same thing. In other words, have that. That that overseeing that you're looking for from the rabbanut and at the same time be some. No, that's exactly what that's exactly what we want to do. We want, but the, if that's the case, well, there is no need for the rabbinate to intervene. Right. There is only need that the rabbinate will supervise. Right. Just like uh, there is a competition between different, uh, um, um, la, uh, I would say, kupat uh, cholim, the right. the uh, health services in Israel. It used to be. Uh, all people in Israel were insured only by one, by one provider of health services, and this was corrupted. And the, and the, the customers didn't get the right, the right service they, re, they deserved. Now there is a competition between the different companies, and the, the level of the service that the customers get in health, in licensing uh, cars, in everything that is privatized, we know as a fact that once you privatize something and you open it to competition, the customer benefits. In our case, 
we believe that the same model that works in the States, that there is OU and OK and Stark and Triangle, whatever, whatever company. Now, right. people know to differentiate, and people have their prioritizations. There are those yeah. ones that, re- that rely on this kashrut and do not rely on the other one and vice versa. Fine. That's, a, that's the character of, uh, that's the nature of the competition. Now, uh, for many of us, and I mentioned earlier when I said that you were going to be coming on the air, I have been concerned about this issue for decades. I, uh, it, it's always interesting to me how the kashrut industry in Israel in some ways is not as reliable as outside of Israel, which is you know something that's in some ways absurd, frankly. Um, but is the only way now to do this, is the only way to make the change that you're looking for to actually do it in some type of legal manner. In other words, in other words, when we read the press release, it said a bill has been introduced. It literally has to go through the government channels for this change to be made. Yes, because the only because the current situation is that the rabbinate has the authority to give kashrut through the law. They don't do it by themselves. It's not because the people want it or do not want it. It's because the law forced the people to use the rabbinate. So now the law is just changing. The same law that gave the authority to the chief rabbinate or to the local rabbinate, now the law will give the authority to all corporations to give kashrut under the supervision of the chief rabbinate. Right. So, so the ones that are associated with the chief rabbinate, they have a, a right to use the word kosher. You or any organization, whether it's Sohar or any other, has no right at the moment to, to actually uh, establish a kashrut organization in Israel. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. That change. is unbelievable. Now it will change, and the word kashrut will come back to whom it belongs to. It belongs to the every Jewish rabbi people. that is entitled yeah. to say kasher. If something is kasher, he will have to stick to standards. He will have to to make sure that there is no corruption, that there will be a very strict supervision on him. But it's not that this word will belong to certain group that belo- that is... <laughs> A political group, and that uh, they care only about um, certain people to appoint them to their jobs, and it will not belong to one group. The word kasher belongs to the Jewish people, belongs to the Torah. Yeah, it doesn't gonna, belong right. to one group. I was just going to say it belongs to the Jewish people is right. Um, now, now, in the article that we read, that you wrote, uh, the title is Why Israel's Kashrut Reform Bill Matters for the Diaspora. Now, we're pretty comfortable, as you described and as you and I just discussed, we're pretty comfortable as kosher consumers with the kashrut set up here. Why is this bill in Israel important for Jews outside of Israel? I think it's important because of two major things. A, because today um, many of the, um, of the Americans that want to produce and to sell products to Israel they have to go through a very, very bureaucratic uh, system. And uh, I don't want to say uh, something bad about this system, but uh, it's not always the honest, the honest way of... of uh, it's not only kashrut, pure kashrut. Right. And from now on, they will be able to get the license to sell products, to, to export products to Israel through different uh, corporations of Kashrut, and they will not be depending on one man that, by the way, is now indicted to court for corruption. Um, they will, the, the market will open. Once it opens, there will be different corporations that will 
cooperate with different people in America or in other places in the world that want to sell products to Israel. That's A. B, I think many of the Americans don't feel comfortable that there is only one way that uh, represents the, the levels of Kashrut, and they would like to see different types of Kashrut. They would like to see transparency, to see that when they come to a restaurant, they know exactly what they get. If it says, uh, <clears throat> but that's what does it mean? If it says, so what does it mean? They want to understand what they buy, because they come to, they are strangers, they are foreigners, they don't know what's going on. And they don't know what's not me, what's not me, and they have no clue because there is no transparency. Now they will, have trans- they will see transparency, um, and, and it will make the, the entire climate of, of the Kashrut, the approach to Kashrut, something that is not political, something that is not uh, business-wise. It's something that is pure Kashrut. Yeah. I believe that these two issues will influence a lot of the feelings, will change a lot of the emotions towards what's going on in Israel among different societies, and that's why I think it's very important for yeah. the American Jews. Don't worry, I agree with you 100%. So today, I'm just giving an example. Today, if the rabbi of Shoham wanted to put up a kashrut certificate in a local Shoham restaurant, he would not be able to. Today? If- um, no. Today, if the local rabbi of Shoham wants to give kashrut in Shoham, he's able to do that, because ah. that's my city. Got it. But if I'm a, I'm a local rabbi, and a local rabbi could do it. But if I would want, for instance, a town uh, next to me that has no rabbi, for instance, and wants to use my kashrut services, I'm not allowed to. Um, this will change, for instance. Rav Stav, I, I don't mean to get philosophical, and frankly, you have fought so many battles against corruption and operational failures in Israel that uh, you know the, the fact that you're still fighting the fight is, is pretty amazing and that you're keep, keep, keeping a positive outlook about this is pretty amazing. But it, it, I just have to state so the audience understands, it, it is sad, it is, um, it is disappointing that we have gotten to this point in this area in the state of Israel. What on earth is more important, and I know there are more important things, but you understand what I mean. It's the center of life. is food. is the center of life. It's our sustenance. What is more important to everybody than, than eating and keeping the laws of kashrut and making sure that everything is handled in a proper manner? I know that you want to emphasize the positive, but at, at times we just have to understand and realize that it's a terrible disappointment that we've gotten to this point. That's correct, but first of all, we don't have the privilege to be that right. That's our country. We don't have another country. We're privileged to live in this country. And I want to add one more thing. Sure. It's true that we have a few, we run a few battles in the past. By the way, we changed the bill of marriage, right. and today the marriage in Israel is open to all to all couples, to all rabbinates. Right. And there is a real competition between the rabbinates on the heart of the couples, and right. that's exactly what we wanted. And Baruch Hashem, now we are, hopefully, if the bill, the bill will pass, um, we are in, in the beginning of a new era in the relationship between the Israeli society and the Kashrut. And uh, I believe that in the end of this process, we will find ourselves with much more many people that will eat kosher. You know, when we started our project of, of Kashrut of Tzohar a few years ago, since then, we added 
250 restaurants that never had kashrut before, we added them to the people that eat kashrut, that eat kosher. Millions of people, I believe, will start to eat kosher in Israel versus the situation today that at least half of the restaurants in Tel Aviv don't have kashrut certificate. I believe that with this change, many of them, not all of them, but many of them will get kashrut and bezat Hashem, more and more Jewish people will eat kosher, as we hope that more and more Jewish people will get married in a proper way. When do we know about this bill? What's the timetable when this bill will hopefully... I guess that the timetable is this Friday, because the sessions in Knesset will begin, I believe, tomorrow, and uh, tomorrow afternoon, I believe that they will come to an end towards Friday morning. And you're confident that this will pass, or you're not sure? No, 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 I'm never confident. I have confidence only in one God and one Hashem. I believe in His presence, and that's, the, that's about it. I, don't, I, don't, I have no confidence in nothing. I know that this government is not sustainable. I'm not sure that, uh, that uh, what is true for this moment will be true tomorrow morning and will be true in five minutes. You know, it's a very shakable situation. I hope and what all what seems on the surface seems to be that it's going to pass, but you know I'm never I'm not confident. It, it's this could be as we say in America, this could be a real game changer, a real game changer in, in Israel and for the Jewish world. It is. It is a real game changer in the Israeli society, and uh, I hope a blessed change to the all consumers of kashrut in Israel and throughout the world. Rev Stav, always an honor to speak with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Shalom, shalom. He is the chief rabbi of the city of Shoham and chairman of Tsohar. Tsohar has emerged as one of the most dominant social forces, paving the way for a more ethical, inclusive, and inspiring approach to Zionist Jewish life in Israel. And it is uh, always an honor to have Rav Stav on our program, Harav David Stav. Friday, he, uh, as of now, Friday is the day we should be paying careful attention to see if this Kashrut reform bill passes in Israel. More coming up. It's a Monday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.